audio level full volume, it's go time. Broadcasting from the most powerful city in the world. The world. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen. Welcome to the Power Table. The Power Table. With Teresa Marie in the LBD. Right now. Teresa Marie, we have a hell of a show today that's going to spark some conversation. Not before I say happy birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. We should play some Stevie Wonder right here. <laughs> Happy birthday. Gemini's do it best. Uh-huh. But it's not about me today. It's about uh, a very, very good young actor has done well on the Netflix series by Ava DuVernay called When They See Us. We have Asante Black on the show today. We really enjoy talking to Asante, young man from the DMV. So, of course, we're very proud of him. Absolutely. When you're talking about this story on Netflix, When They See Us, we encourage you to see it and then come back and listen to the power table again so you'll understand what is being said. And look out for this young actor, Asante Black, man. I see big, big things things for this young, talented brother. He talks about it being his first role. That's unbelievable. I can't even tell. That's how good it was. He yeah. plays uh, young Kevin Richardson on the show. And here's our conversation with young Asante Black. The Power Table. The Power Table. All right. On the line right now, Teresa, we have, have you seen the uh, Netflix series by Ava DuVernay? It's called When They See Us. I, I, di- I did. And I uh, binge watched it last night. I couldn't just watch one episode. Like, so when I started I had to finish it because I needed to get to the end of the story. Absolutely. It was really impactful. And it's about the Central Park Five. And I got this young brother who did a phenomenal. Phenomenal job. Job at playing who? Asante Black. Who would you play? I played Kevin Richardson. Kevin Richardson, man. He <laughs> part of the Central Park Five. And let me just start by asking you this one quick question, man. How did you get hooked up with Ava DuVernay? Yeah, okay. So... I mean, really, I saw the audition through my agent and uh, kind of went through the normal process of auditioning. First audition, I thought that I actually did horrible. So I was like, uh, well, I guess I didn't get that one. But they called me back and I uh, had multiple callbacks, had a Skype call with Ava. Then I met Ava in L.A. and we talked. Um, and then about a week later, I think that she offered me the part. So, I mean, it was amazing. Wow, it is amazing. So I do want to let everybody know that you are from the DMV. Shout out, to your, yeah, shout out to your home, but we're so proud of you. What was it like working with Ava DuVernay? Ava DuVernay, I mean, she's just one of the biggest uh, uh, rays of light in this world that I've ever seen. You know, she has the biggest heart, uh, she, and, and she's so sweet and so kind. Uh, you know, she, she's kind of the definition of the golden rule, treat everyone how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. She treats every single person how anyone would want to be treated, down to... You know, not only just the actors, but down to the people who made our food while we were on set. You know, she made everybody feel important. Uh, And I think that that shows up, like, in the work. I think that's why people are responding to when they see us so much, because Ava poured herself into this project and poured herself into the people that were a part of it. People felt like, okay... I have a sense of purpose here, so I'm going to make sure that I'm showing up and doing my part. Now, you play, let's talk about the meat of this story, man. This is about the Central Park Five, and you play Kevin Richardson, man. This story is very, very heavy on a lot of people's hearts, and it's still relevant to this day. Now, my question to you is, how is it that you feel playing this powerful role of Kevin Richardson, part of the Central Park Five, who went through this just tremendous experience. How does how can you relate to that? Man, I mean, just being a young black man in America, I can immediately relate to it, you know. Uh, it, it's one of my biggest fears, uh, something like that to happen, to be 
uh, falsely convicted of something because I know that it happens more often than people hear about uh, to young men of color. But I mean, I, I, I'm just truly blessed to be able to uh, to be able to tell tell his story and tell their story because in 1989 and up until now, no one's ever heard their side of the story. The narrative has always been controlled by the media uh, and painted them as something that they're not. So now we're getting to see who these guys really are. And I mean, I, I couldn't be more blessed than that. So with your role, Asante, you play Kevin Richardson. He was the youngest, 14 years old. Um, mm-hmm. Were you able to talk with Kevin Richardson? How did you prepare for the role to get in the mindset of playing this role? And your message is so powerful in your acting. How were you able to prepare for that? Yeah, I mean, I, I did get to talk with Kevin. And uh, really, we just talked, you know. We just talked like we were having a normal conversation. You know, he told us a few things about uh, his experience, but really we just talked like we were old friends, you know, and uh, what I kind of took from that was that Kevin is just the sweetest person you'll ever meet. You know, when Ava DuVernay describes him, she describes him as a big teddy bear because that's literally what he is. Um, And so I kind of picked up on, like, on his light and his kindness and his sweetness uh, and, and, you know, how, how he wants to crack jokes all the time and, it's just a great person to be around. And I thought, what would he be like when he was 14 if he's like this after he went through what he went through? So I kind of wanted to take the, the positivity and the and the happiness and the light and joy uh, and put that into the character to create the innocence mm-hmm. rather than just throwing the sorrow and pain because the sorrow and pain wasn't everything that he went through. You know, he had a life outside of this one horrible incident. You did a good job with doing that. And um, it really came through um, in the, to the viewing audience. It really did to me. I just wonder, are you still a part of that role? Do you still carry a part of Kevin Richardson with you now that you've completed that role or have you been able to disconnect from it? Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, it's it's always going to be a part of me. You know, it's always something that 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 I'm going to be, you know, constantly reminded of uh because of the climate that we're in today and and such and things things such as that, but uh you know, I I feel like I haven't been able to disconnect from it mm-hmm. because do you think because it's because I'm, a part of you relates to it? You because it's emotional. You know, it's emotional. We're in the DMV. We have our own challenges in our city when it comes to um, police and when it comes to you know the system and the 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 way that things are are done and handled in the courts. Ha- have you seen this with your friends? Is it something that you tap into? How is it from your eyes? Yeah, I mean, for fortunately, I haven't been, I haven't, or I haven't had the experience of you know being uh, stopped by the police or anything like that. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up uh, in, in Waldorf, Maryland, so we don't have many interactions like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, I mean, it's, it's still constantly, like I said before, a constant fear because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you are. Uh, it can happen to anybody. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely still a part of me uh, to this day but, uh, because it's it's something that I know can happen to me, happen to one of my friends, happen to my little brother. I have two little brothers. Uh, it can happen to them. I have it to my father. I mean, so it's it's just being in that constant state of, wow, this is not just a story that we're telling on Netflix. This is real life. In the uh, docuseries, as we like to call it, there are several emotional moments because this is something that impacts us as a community. What was one of those moments in the docuseries that impacted you the most? Yeah, so this this, uh, this scene was in the script, but it didn't make it to the, the what you guys see on Netflix. But, um... There's a scene where 
Kevin is getting his verdicts read off, and they're saying guilty, 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 guilty. And this actually happened in real life, actually. Kevin's mom actually had a stroke in that courtroom wow. while he was being, uh, while they were deeming him guilty. Wow. So as he's being dragged away and taken to, to juvie for Lord knows whoever, however long at that time, he didn't know it all. He sees his mom have this stroke, and I'm just thinking, wow, Kevin actually went through this. You know, in a in a 14-year-old, 15-year-old's mind, mm-hmm. he could have just thought that his mom just died right there, mm-hmm. and he's not going to be able to see her for a long, long time, you know. And so that really resonated with me. Um, also, because Kevin was there on that day. So just being able to look him in the eye and, and say, wow, you really had to endure seeing your mom pass out and fall over as you're being taken away. Uh, you know, I, I just have the utmost respect for him. Now, the rumor has that there were some grief counselors on the set. Was uh, a lot of emotions going around during the um, filming? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, there was, there was the grief counselor uh uh, crisis line that we could call on set uh, that was available all the time, but I, I didn't I didn't necessarily take advantage of that. But what I did take advantage of was uh, the, the sense of brotherhood that we had on set right. uh, between the five young actors. You know, we 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 kind of realized with all the emotions that were running high, uh, we we found we found peace uh, and solidarity within each other because we knew that this wasn't just like I said before, this wasn't just another Netflix series. We were doing this for a higher purpose. We were doing this for these men to tell their stories correctly. Why should people watch this? Why? Some people, they're saying it's too intense. They can't really watch it. But tell us why they should watch this. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that. I've heard a lot of people say that they can't watch it. You know, I've heard a lot of people call it trauma porn. Uh, Trauma porn. I I like that. Wow. Yeah. But there's there's this quote by Zora Neale Hurston where she goes, uh, if, if you're silent about your pain, they'll kill you a thousand times and say that you enjoyed it. Mm. So we can't continue to let uh, the, these forces that are oppressing people of color in America to kill us a thousand times and act like everything's okay, act like we're enjoying it. We can't act like we're enjoying it. We have to show people that we're uncomfortable. We have to show people the realities that people of color face in this country because, to be honest, a lot of people didn't know that things like this happened, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that the Central Park Five, you know, if you if you weren't around New York or in New York at that time, some people might have glanced at it in the newspaper once or were like, oh, that's that's unfortunate. And this kept going and never knew that these guys were innocent, never knew that uh, how how the, the DA's office and the police set up this lie against them. We have to tell these stories so that people can be awake, awoken to or woken up to, uh, to to the things that go on in this country. If you don't acknowledge that there's a problem, then there, there's never going to be any change ever. Man, you are so wise. In he your is year. really wise for his <laughs> and, years. Yeah, and how old are you again? I'm 17. Yeah, man, you 17. are so wise. I see big things going Absolutely. for you in the future. But how are you dealing with this newfound thing that you got going on here after this great series? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just... Uh, trying to stay as grounded and as humble as possible. You know, it's all very, very flattering. You know, all the messages that I get on a daily basis, you know, people stopping me in the street. I mean, it's amazing. I never would have thought that something would have come like this, especially uh, after my first project. But it's it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I'm just taking it step by step. (laughs) What a way. To, to come out and, pl- you know, play a part like this that was so impactful. Like, 
I'm sure yours. you're going to do more more roles, but what a way to get into the industry this yeah. way with this role, with this message, and you have the knowledge and wisdom to back it up. So we're so very proud of you here in the DMV. We thank you so much for your time, and we thank your mom, too. So yeah, I know she's rocking with you. Hi to mom. Hi, Ayana. <laughs> so we appreciate you. Anything that you want to say in closing? Yeah, I mean, I just, I'll just say that if you think, like I said before, if you think that this is too much, uh, for you to handle, think about the men that had to endure this and think about the people, not only the Central Park Five, because the, these types of cases happen every single day in America. We just don't hear about them. They're just not as publicized as the, as the Central Park Five was. So think about them and what they have to endure and that and how we have to wake up the rest of the country to show them that things are not okay in the justice one more question before we let you go. What is next for Asante Black? I know that people are probably dropping scripts in your lap right about now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people are calling. People are making offers and things like that. So, like I said, I'm just taking it one step at a time, trying to put the puzzle together. And and, uh, and when when I know what's next, you guys will, too. <laughs> My, <Yes>. man. <laughs> My man. Well, you enjoy the ride. Thank you. You got to stop by the station and see us when you come back, okay? I it, will. It's your duty to come visit us now. You hometown yeah, now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Many Asante. blessings to you and your family, and we wish you continued success. Yes. Asante Black on The Power Table. Thank you, Asante. Thank you. The Power Table. Teresa Maria, Asante Black is going places. He really is. What a great interview, right? Absolutely, man. I, it I'm, was a powerful interview at The Power Table. It was a powerful interview, and, uh, and it had a lot to do with When They See Us. And Which also, was a power Netflix, what did you call it? Docu-series. docu-series. It's a docu-series. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, it he makes, called it trauma porn. That, I like that term I that mean, he said. that's pretty impactful. Because it is. Some people get addicted to our own pain that it, we become numb to it, and it almost becomes uh, pleasurable. And that is something that we might, well, that we need get out of our psyche. Yeah. You know, I think that's something we need to do a interview on. We need to get something. That's <laughs> a power on. table yeah. right there. The brother's wow. smart. He is. 17 years old. He's wow. going places. He and is I can't definitely going places. wait to see his next uh, venture. But in the meantime, we got to talk about this. Yeah, it's time for the tea. Let's take it from the top. Who needs water cooler talk? Boring. Listen. She has the tea. Come and get it while it's hot. With Teresa Marie. Now, now, okay, so now that we have seen when they see us, and if you haven't, please, that's a part of the tea. Go see that so we can have real conversations. It's on Netflix. But I think I want to curtail the tea today about follow-up from this program okay. and things that are going on. The first thing I want to say is that former prosecutor, U.S. prosecutor, Linda Fairstein, so she was dropped from her publishing company. She had written several books since, what, 1990, I believe. <laughs> She has had several uh, amounts of success Mm -hmm. since the prosecution of the Central Park Five. And uh, what's done in the dark definitely comes to light right now. And I think everything is coming to light. So they've cut ties with her. And um, I'm not sure if they pulled the books. I have not validated that report. But I do know that the publishing companies, uh, some of them, two of them, they have to cut ties with her. As well as uh, she resigned from two of the boards that she was on. Glamour Magazine had her as one of the um, persons of the year, that type of award. I think it was 1993. But now they said unequivocally quote that they will not honor her today because of the ties to this can you imagine how many other people out there right now who have 
basically, well, we already know this, have built their success on the back of the pain of other people. There are a lot of people in our society have done that. And I mean, that's the way our society has been driven for the most part. But Linda Fairstein is a a symbol of that, if you will. She really is. And there's so many layers to the conversations that need to be had about the, they call him the um, Central Park Five. I like that Ava DuVernay is saying that they're not the Central Park Five because they didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So, um... I think with her role, Linda Fairstein. Linda not Fairstein. Linda not Fairstein. <laughs> so they do have a petition out, you know, to support canceling her. Right. So I think that that's working. And it'd be interesting to see what other conversations will be had about her role, um, her being as a, a prosecutor. You know what's going to happen with that. What I found interesting about this Netflix docuseries, uh, Ava DuVernay did a fantastic job. We got to give shouts to the queen, Ava DuVernay, who has done a phenomenal job of bringing a lot of social justice issues to the forefront. And uh, we will continue to see a lot more films from her uh, tackling social justice issues. Some of the highlights from that, the educational pieces that she interwoven throughout the document docuseries about when they go a PO officer, they check in with their PO officer and then they go try to apply for a job and there's boxes on the form right. that you need to fill out. So you check this box, you check this box. But as a felon, when it got to that, you check this box that you can't be in a certain proximity with another felon. So how are they supposed to work? Yes. Like, yeah. So he yeah. demonstrated being in a, a cafe. He went and sat down and said, and I think this was, um, it was one of the, the five that had got out and um, he sat down and went through, fill out the application, getting a job. And I believe it was Raymond because he was asking, he had went to get, to apply for jobs and was denied jobs. So um, he told him to check the box of felony. And then he explained to him, you know, like if the chef in there, the cook is a felon. Yeah. And the felons can't associate with felons uh, once they get out. Find out that you are, then you go back to jail. That is crazy to me. How are you supposed to, if you've done your time and you've done your debt to society and you get out and you're supposed to be a productive member of society trying to find a job and you have no idea if somebody who you're working with has also been... You have no idea. And then you get charged for that. How is that... I mean, how is that even fair to somebody who is trying to get their life back on the right track? Or in this instance, five individuals who were basically not guilty of any of the crimes. They were wrongly accused. And now they are going to be put in a situation where they can't, they still probably, they can't be productive members of society. They can't. There is no, uh, it was just so, I'm I'm a loss for words because it was just so wrong on so many levels. So it's very eye-opening. I binged it. It's a four-part series. I binge watch it was probably not a good idea. No, it is a good idea. <laughs> you have to watch this series. I when didn't I get see, any sleep. I'm just yeah. going to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm still disturbed by it. Yeah. But it's a conversation, you know, that I had to, uh, again, because I have these conversations with my son, uh-huh. I have to have it again. Yes. And, and make sure he sits down and watch it and watch it with him. That's what the series does. It makes you have these conversations in your family about how to conduct yourself when having encounters mm-hmm. with those figures of an authority. Another highlight in the series, it talked about President, now President Trump, uh, the 45th. 45. Yeah. So how he took out a full page ad calling for the death penalty uh, for the five boys. And I just read an article that stated he still had a thought three years ago that they were still guilty. That speaks volumes, and this is what pisses me off about this. Is that yeah, we get pissed off on the power table. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's now it, it makes it okay it's for ridiculous. people to say give the death penalty to black and brown people regardless whether or not that they are guilty of a crime. Then he was a New York real estate mogul then. You know, he had became, came into wealth. But uh, the article had said... Debatable if he came into wealth, but oh, I digress. Oh, okay. You're right. <laughs> I, I retract that. I retract that. No, you're right. I retract that. But I just say, you know, it, it's interesting. But today he's saying fake news, fake news, fake news. And he was in the mix of the fake news, fake news, fake news oh, back then. Oh, it's, it's documented when that they he's were, always been fake news himself. You know? Yeah. So, okay, that's another power table. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> wrapping up that. But I think those things, guys, you got you to see this series. I hope that when school's back in session in the various areas, that this becomes a part of the education process. It needs to be part of the curriculum. Or part of the community process or the church process where this is really viewed and conversations are had not to set riots not to set things like that for people to turn up and turn out I, it, it also in the fro- program that reminds me they were talking about what is wild and out what, what is wild and out and so they use this word in this the prosecutor used the word that they were wild and out they didn't even know what it was they were saying it wrong don't understand our culture don't understand the our cult- colloquialism the way we act you know what i mean mm-hmm. we need to have these conversations in reference to how they see us. How they I mean, see us. Yeah. <laughs> when they see when us. When they see us. And this how is, to act when they see this us. This is what yeah. they see. When they see us, we still have so much work to do. But going back to having the community conversations and the educational pieces or, or partnering with people that can explain what are the rights of individuals, not just for our community, but all communities. You know, if you don't understand the laws, you don't understand the rights, you know, you need to learn what they are. Yes. You really do. It's very powerful. And to wrap it, they did receive a $45 million. They won that lawsuit. Um, it was the highest of New York State um, that ever gave out. So I thought that was good because I had to get to the end of it. Oh, spoiler alert. I'd already spoiled it. But I don't care. You still need to watch it. You know, they just, they were rewarded. I had to get to the end of the story. There had to be justice somewhere because it was, it was it was just injustice, and it's sad because it still goes on today. Teresa Marie has spoken, ladies and gentlemen. I don't She's know if powerful. that was the team. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Yo, Netflix, When They See Us by Ava DuVernay is one of those shows, ladies and gentlemen, that if you haven't, take the opportunity to stream it. Go see it now because... Take your time when you see it. You yes. don't necessarily have to binge watch it, but make sure after you watch it, have the conversation in your family. So when they do see us, you're going to have to talk to somebody after you see it. Absolutely. As you see, Asante said, there was some grief counselors on, on set. On set, you have to talk to somebody, whether it's your friends, your family, or just, hey, did you see this? Just, yeah. uh, you know. Absolutely. It's, it's, I don't know if it's cool to talk because it might. <laughs> that cooler might turn to hot water. It might be tea time. Uh-oh. Get it? It's boiling over. <laughs> That's the tea, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Power Table. Once again, we put on a podcast that you'd never, ever want to forget. Check out MyMagicDC.com for future episodes because you know we're going to bring it to you and you know we're going to bring it strong. Check us on the next episode. The Power Table. Hit us up on the gram. Follow the LBD on Instagram at the underscore LBD1 and Teresa Marie at I am Teresa Marie. On my timeline. Thank you for having a seat at the power table.